Welcome to episode 6, Baseball. On this episode, we discuss our favorite movies about America's favorite pastime. Johnny points out several movie links to the host city of this year's MLB All-Star Game. We also look at Kevin Costner's link to many sports movies. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage. Take a seat and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome back. I'm Johnny Popcorn. And I'm Eddie Klieg. And we're talking movies. Well, here we are again. You know, I said that part of what we try to do here, and the fun of doing this is depending on our memory, but unfortunately my memory last week failed me, and I must bring this up. During the broadcast, or during the podcast, I should say, I mentioned when we were talking about those individuals who had died in recent weeks, talked about Peggy Lipton and her husband, the late Quincy Jones. Well, I stood corrected. I found out shortly thereafter that Quincy Jones is very much alive. He's, what, I think 87 years old now. So my apologies, and that's the problem with depending on your memory sometimes. And along that same line, uh, Eddie uh, mentioned that I had taught American history because we were talking about 1776, and yes, I did that early in my career, but obviously my math wasn't too good because when I talked about Rocky and using 1976 as the backdrop, which was, I said, the centennial year, what I really meant was the bicentennial year for the Declaration of Independence. So here I stand corrected. And uh, with that, we're going to move on. And uh, exactly where are we going today, Eddie? Well, Johnny, since... We are in the middle of baseball season, and next week, well, actually, I should say this week, the All-Star Game is going to take place, and all the festivities around it, in Cleveland. So I thought we would talk baseball. Baseball, yes. And it's in Cleveland, and interesting, I did a little, little research. We don't always do everything off the, off the top of our head. A couple of interesting points about Cleveland. This is the fifth time that the All-Star Game, actually, it's going to be the sixth time. There have been five previous games. And the interesting point about those games, Cleveland attendance records, or Cleveland holds the attendance record for All-Star Games three times they've exceeded the record attendance. They were at 69,000 plus in 1935. In 1954, the second time it was in Cleveland, they were at 69,000 again, plus. 1963, they fell back way back to 44,000. In 1981, is the largest all-star game attendance in history. Shortly after the strike was ended in that year, in 1981, and they were 72,086 people there. It returned to Cleveland in 97 at the new Jacobs Field which is now called Progressive, but at that time they were at capacity, which, as you well know, all the ballparks now have gone back to the uh, size that they were much earlier in the century, uh, earlier in hit baseball history. So this is the sixth time in Cleveland. It's going to be a big deal for Cleveland. So they're to be congratulated on uh, having had pretty good attendance in the past. And I think, Eddie, as we go down through our films today, there are also going to be some Cleveland connections there that we'll talk about. But what are we going to talk about first? Okay, so I have a, I have a couple movies that are somewhat favorites of mine that okay. happen to be baseball movies. Well, that's a, 
the first one I want to talk to, it's, some people think it's odd because of all the, the really good ones. Why am I picking For Love of the Game? I read the book, <laughs> so that's why I like the movie. So I would like to talk about For Love of the Game first. It starred Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston. Kind of revolved around a pitch for the Detroit Tigers. He was a old, old guy getting close to the. Um, Be careful with the old guy stuff. <laughs> to the end of his career, and actually, right before the game, he found out that he was going to be traded. I believe, which he saw it as basically the end of his career. He goes ahead and basically pitches a perfect game. But throughout the game, he flashes back to memories of meeting his girlfriend things that have happened with his girlfriend, meeting his girlfriend's daughter, all this kind of stuff, breakup that they had. I've got to think it was, okay, my life is over. I'm not going to be playing baseball anymore. What do I have in my life to do next? You know what I mean? You know, what am I going to do? I don't have baseball. So then he started remembering this, the girlfriend. They'd broken up. So I thought it was a great movie. He, the co-starring also in it is Wreck-It Ralph, or otherwise known as John C. Riley. He's a great actor. He's the catcher, as I yeah, recall, he's a, right? He's the catcher. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as I remember, Kelly Preston's leaving him. She's actually at the airport, and everybody's hanging out in the bar watching the game, and she's sucked into to watching him, as I recall. Yeah, they were in, his final... they were in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where she was. Um, so every time he would go to New York, he'd meet up with her. But, yeah, at the end, she was getting ready to go on a plane to go somewhere. So. Well, and of I course, liked it. Of course, Kelly Preston. Do you know why Kelly Preston is also significant? I'm sure you're going to tell me. She's married to. Oh, she's married to John Travolta. John Travolta. She also was in uh, McGuire with uh, Tom Cruise. Played his girlfriend. Punched him out, if you remember. <laughs> in in what movie? In uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, okay. She was an old girlfriend. Punched oh, okay, him. I gave you. Who's the Who's the lead girl in that? Oh, that's uh, Zellweger, Renee oh, okay, Zellweger. Okay, okay. That's not a baseball story, but it, well, it's kind of baseball. It's, he was a football agent, but he's a sports agent. Anyway, since you opened the door, Kevin Costner uh, is in some pretty significant baseball-related movies. Yeah, people are probably thinking, well, how can that be the, your favorite baseball game when Kevin Costner was in... And Bull Durham was such a great movie. Field of Dreams is such a great movie. Hey, All this... I can say is I read the book. I didn't read the book on the other two. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, this is what we talk about, Eddie. We encourage people to watch the films. You like it, who cares? All right? That's, your, that's the joy of watching these. And some are matter degrees. You like this one just a little better than that one. But they're all good. Uh, obviously, Field of Dreams has become what, again, to use the word iconic. What I love about that, and I watched it recently. Uh, I've seen it several times. I love the fact that Burt Lancaster's in it, one of his last appearances. And of course, James Earl Jones. I watch about anything James Earl Jones is in. I mean, he's, I, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, that's you know, that's it. We watch, we love our, we love our actors, as we said before, directors and so on. But you just watched, like we watched about. Denzel, there are just certain movies. Oh, he's in it. I'm watching it. I, I don't care. Field of Dreams is great. Uh, Bull Durham, the one thing, if you watch Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner looks in, in Bull Durham because he plays a catcher in the minor leagues. He's been bouncing up and down, hoping to get back to the big show, and he's working with Tim Robbins, who's with the old million-dollar arm, but 10-cent head basically is what uh, he can't get his head on straight. But Costner looks like an athlete. There have been some movies in the past, and we can comment on them later, 
where they took the actor, who's a pretty good actor, but not a good athlete, and you put a bat in his hand or a hockey stick in his hand or whatever the thing is, it just doesn't come across well. Kevin Costner played college ball at Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton, and he looks like a baseball player, and he's pretty good. And that's why even the love of the game, he's a pitcher. He was I don't think he was a pitcher. I think it was an infielder or something in college, but he's an athlete, so it's believable. Oh, and isn't there a Cleveland connection in another sports movie with Costner? Now we're talking Cleveland. Um, the, the draft movie, Draft Day. Oh, yes, Draft Day, yeah. So Kevin Costner popped up, and I'm going to give him a, a shout-out on a very small film that is based, again, on a true story. It's called McFarland, USA. If you haven't seen it, I didn't even know. I don't know why he made it, how he made it. It takes place. It's a true story. The guy who takes some Hispanic kids from out in the valley who work with their parents in the fields, and he turns them into all-star cross-country team. They win the championship. They take over the state championship of California. It's a terrific story, and they kept doing it over and over again. So it's well worth a look just for something if you're not familiar with that film, McFarland, USA. Not baseball, but we're talking movies here, folks. You never know where this thing might lead. What else we got? Mr. 3000. It was Mr. 3000 came out in 2004, uh, directed by Charles Stone III, and it stars the late but great Bernie Mac. Love that guy. It was so tragic when he passed, I'll yeah. tell you. Um, he's in there, and he stars with um, Angela Bassett, who is in a lot of movies that we really like. Yep. Um, Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus Has Fallen. Has fallen. She was in uh, another one where she popped up recently. And it, uh, oh, it was the, I think it was the, Tom Cru- was it the Tom Cruise movie, that Jack Reacher movie. I don't know if it was that one. Anyway, she's, in another, she's, she's playing uh, these CIA people all over the place. She's the the mother of uh, Black Panther. I can tell oh, you that. Oh, there we go. So, it, it's funny game, a funny movie, I should say. He he's kind of a self-centered baseball player where he's just going for the three thousand hits. As soon as he got that three thousand hit, he was retiring because all he wanted to do was get into the Hall of Fame. He actually um, once he hits the ball, it's a home run. I'm pretty sure. He actually goes and he's arguing with the fans and he grabs the ball from him because it's his ball. That's his ball. Three thousand. And he's doing all these commercials, and he owns all these shopping centers and stuff like that. It's it's pretty funny. But it's all because he wants to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Yep. So then 10 years later, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. They're going to honor him. Everything's going good. Well, the mathematicians at, at uh, Major League Baseball made an error. He was three he was three hits short of 3,000. So, you know, of course, he goes crazy. So he's 40 years old, and he's going to go back into baseball because he wants those runs. And he, it ends up turning one of those things where he brings the team together. It, it's not about the, the 3,000 anymore. Um, so it, it, it was a good movie. Bernie Mac was in it, so it had to be a good movie. It's very, very funny. I know it's not your favorite one. No. My favorite movie, people think it's funny. My favorite movie of all time is Brewster's Millions. What? That's what people are saying right now, right? <laughs> what Ooh. the heck is that, huh? Uh, it's directed by Walter Hill and based on a, a 1902 novel. Um, and looking into some of the information today, it's also the seventh time this film has been based on this book, which is crazy. But it stars Richard Pryor and John Candy. Both, I mean, they're just funny, comedic geniuses really of their time both are gone of course but definitely remembered 
Uh, it, it starts with um, Richard Pryor. Uh, he plays Monte Brewster. He plays for he's a pitcher for the minor league baseball team, the Hackensack Bulls. And his dream, what his goal was playing for the Yankees, and it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and then he gets in this bar fight and goes and gets thrown in jail, and he can't afford bail. And all of a sudden, this guy comes and bails him out and takes him to a law firm. And he's thinking, oh, it's the Yankees. They're calling me up. They're calling me up. What he finds out is that he had a late, an old uh, great uncle that he didn't even know he had. This is this old white guy. He was a miserable old guy. It, it was it, crazy. They, they were showing a video of him. He was Basically, he was talking to Brewster through this video. And basically... Monte Brewster inherited $300 million, but there's a challenge involved. So one of a couple of things could happen. He could take $1 million and just leave and that's it, or spend $30 million within 30 days to inherit the whole $300 million. He can only donate 5%. He can only lose 5% gambling. So there's a lot of things in, involved where you just can't go, oh, I'm taking the $30 million and boom, throwing it away. But one of the stipulations is he couldn't tell anybody. So he, all of his friends, all these people think he's a loony because he's spending millions of dollars like it's going going out of uh, out of style. Um, and he did all kinds of stuff. But from There was a, a big um, tug of war because... If he doesn't do it, if he loses out, well, then the remaining millions of dollars goes to this law firm. So they're kind of trying to sabotage him. It was funny. But one of the things that he does, well, okay, so he goes and gets a, he mails them a postcard, the, the lawyers. But he uses this stamp that costs a gazillion dollars. And he mailed it with that stamp, which, of course, made it null void, right? Runs for mayor, but just to throw money away, he almost got elected. But the biggest thing that he did towards the end is he kind of kind of dream come true type of thing. He paid for the, the Hackensack Bulls to play a scrimmage game against the New York Yankees, which, uh, which was crazy. Um, so great movie. Got to watch it. I, I don't care. <laughs> what it, that is my favorite movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. People think I'm crazy. It, budget was twenty yeah. million. It it grossed over almost forty six million, so it was a popular yeah. one. But I digress. Sorry, I was, I was getting a little excited. Yeah. Richard's million yeah, is my yeah. favorite. Maybe you better watch it again. <laughs> I almost watched it yesterday, but I was like, I better watch some of these yeah. other ones. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Anything else you want to? Well, again, back to a Cleveland connection. Pretty major movie. At least it did well and. I happen to have, I did happen to know the father of the guy who wrote and directed it, David Ward's father. Uh, David Ward is the guy who wrote it, Major League, uh, with Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, Cor Corbin Berenson, Dennis Haysbert, James Gammon, Charlie Sheen out of the Prison League, and of course, Renee Russo, who I really like. She, she also played in another Costner movie. <laughs> which was another sports movie, which was Tin Cup, where he's a golfer. <laughs> so Costner's all over, the, all over the place when athletics are involved because he's, he fits the roles so well. And again, he has that athletic grace. He's, he was an athlete. Uh, so Major League 1 and 2. Major League, it's the first one, of course, was terrific. The 
female owner, the woman owning the club was threatening. They were so bad, she was going to move the club, and uh, they'd take on the challenge of of trying to win the pennant. And uh, That's the one where uh, Charlie Sheen is a hard thrower. Oh, yeah. They call him Wild Thing. When he wild came. Thing, yeah. But, but he, then he finally, they figured out he needed glasses. That that's was his right. Problem. Once he got his glasses, he, he, was, was, <laughs> he, was, he was great. So that's a Cleveland connection. Um, one of my favorites, uh, I love The Natural with Robert Redford and Darren McGavin and uh, Wilford Brimley, who plays the manager of the uh, in Buffalo. It's a New York Knights is the team. And, of course, it has a 30s feel because it takes place in the 30s, 40s, and uh, is a mysterious overtone. We won't go into the whole story. If you haven't seen it, it is a mythological-type movie that really deals with the essence of baseball and it's somewhat its purity of a guy who was, not to give the complete spoiler if you haven't, but it's well worth looking uh, he wanted to be the best there could ever be type of ball player, and he shortchanged through something that happens to him, and he like disappears, and suddenly he shows up an older guy, and who could hit like like crazy, and he takes his deadbeat team and takes him into the playoffs. So it's really great. Uh, there's a traumatic ending, and again, it's mythological. He has his own bat. Uh, that's honed from a tree that was struck by lightning and he made it himself. So that's, that's a classic. The other one I really like, and the way I, I like it, not only for what it, what it, the story itself is Moneyball. That's based on a book. It's also a true story. Hey, Billy Bean. Indians are in that one too, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Isn't that? Yep. Because it starts, it starts out, he goes to Cleveland. Well, Brad Pitt. I, I think this is one of Brad Pitt's best performances, and the reason why his natural likability comes out. If you go back, we talked about Thelma and Louise when he first appeared. Then he was in A River Runs Through It, directed by Redford, if you haven't seen that one, where he, he was a young guy, and the, the, there were trout fish, A River Runs Through It, and he gets into thing. And then you look at The Legends of the Fall. You watch his career as it goes. This He's just so natural, so normal playing Billy Bean. And, of course, Jonah Hill plays the, the analytics guy that he brings from Cleveland because he hires him away. And there's a great line in there after he finds out that he's got this whole perspective on changing the way baseball is looked at in terms of players. He decides to hire him, and he calls him up, and he said, Hey, Pete, in the movie the guy's name's Pete, Hey, Pete, pack your bags. I just bought you from Cleveland. So there's a Cleveland connection in there. You're right. But it's a terrific tale. It's a little bit close to home. I was living in the Bay Area the year that they did this in 2002 because the team turns around, replaces all the big guys that they had lost. And uh, it's also a nice little starring role for uh, early look at Chris Pratt, who plays uh, uh, Hattieberg. Hattieberg, who, the guy who hurt his arm and no longer could catch. So Moneyball is a great one. I'm going to point out a couple of other ones here that are classics because of who they portray. And this one goes back to the 40s, and it's a Gary Cooper vehicle along with Teresa Wright. And I'm a, any of you moviegoers out there who are baseball or like sports films, I'm sure you know Pride of the Yankees, which is a story of Lou Gehrig, who's overcome, of course, with ALS, which is now also called Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a three-handkerchief look at it. This is one of these films where Good actor, not exactly great baseball player. So when 
Gary Cooper swinging the bat. He's not exactly quite the hitter that uh, Lou, Lou Gehrig was, just like Costner is, looks really good in Bull Durham. Cooper is hired because he can act, not necessarily because he was a great baseball player. The other one, because baseball, of course, is also on the front line of social change, and that's Jackie Robinson, old number 42, who was the first black ball player in baseball, came up with the Brooklyn Dodgers, Branch Rickey. There, there are two movies that we're going to talk. I want to mention. The first is the Jackie Robinson story made in 1950, and it starred, guess who, Jackie Robinson. Uh, so he played himself in the role. It's not, and you, if you want to do a comparison, watch that one. And I believe it's only in black and white. I'm not sure it's color. And then more recently, we had Chadwick Boseman appearing in 42, which is the most recent make of the Jackie Robinson story. And of course, it's 42 because his number that he wore was 42. Um, and Eddie, I think when you saw it, you were a little surprised to find out who was playing Branch Rickey in that. Yeah, I, I do not know how either of them, Chadwick Bosman, is that how Yeah, isn't he the guy that played Black Panther? Isn't he, is he the, guy, oh, that, yeah, he's the he's guy, guy that played Black Panther, yeah. Harrison Ford plays Branch Rickey. It took me a while before I even realized it was him, first of all. Second of all, like, I mean, they both did such a good job. I was looking at the awards that they... It, it looks like they weren't nominated for any of the major mainstream yep. awards. I mean, uh, are you on the Wayback Machine? I'm look. I, yes, I'm on the Wayback Machine. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, there there's some like African American specific things mm -hmm. that were won, right. but how it how I do not see on here Oscar or um, Golden Glo or something. I think it's crazy. But uh, that that movie was I I loved it. Yeah, it's 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 a great it, it's great for uh, kids to uh, to see. And I said if you can watch both of them, you get the juxtaposition. The real real Jackie Jackie came from UCLA. He was a he was a football player. He was a track. I think he played track. He played baseball. Obviously, one other thing when we're talking about social change, and Cleveland enters the scene again, and that is because the first black player to enter the American League. A couple of years later, was done right in Cleveland, Ohio. The player was Larry Doby. And one last Cleveland shout-out here. There's an old movie back in 1949 called The Kid from Cleveland, starring George Brent and a very young Russ Tamblin. For those of you who remember West Side Story, Tamblin was one of the dancer uh, people in that he also played Tom Thumb way back in the 50s. And his daughter, Amblin, Amber, excuse me, has shown up on TV shows. And I think she may have done some movie work. But anyway, the reason that George Brent's a reporter, he takes his young street kid under his wing and gets him out of trouble basically through the help of, and this is why you really want to, if you're any Cleveland Indian fans, the reason you want to look at it, it stars members of the 1948 Cleveland Indian team. That's Bob Feller and all those guys because that is the last championship, World Series championship for the Cleveland Indians. That was a championship team. They, they got back there in 54, but they didn't do well. And, of course, they were there in the 90s, but they still haven't won um, since then. They're definitely so, going through a dry spell, it seems. So if any Cleveland fans want to look at a film and see the old guys on screen, you're going to see a few of them in that movie. Otherwise, 
and it's filmed in it is filmed on the streets of Cleveland. So that's another reason. And you want to see what Cleveland looked like in 1949 compared to today. That's another reason to do it. Uh, let me just toss out a couple others. There's a whole host of oh, one other that, again, we, I'm going to mention Tom Selleck because Dennis Haysbert, who played in, we found this out. I, I saw it, didn't realize he was in it. But that's Mr. Baseball. And the reason this is an interesting film, first of all, Selleck doesn't look bad. He, he has some athletic uh, talent. But Mr. Baseball is a guy who uh, ends up having to go to uh, Japan to play. And he's the ugly American. Has He's resentful of being there. He doesn't think much of the Japanese culture. He certainly doesn't want anything to do with his teammates. And, of course, they think he's just a, a big jerk. And, of course, over time he comes to appreciate the culture. So the turnaround is pretty good. It's, it's not a bad little movie. Uh, well worth taking a look uh, if you haven't seen it. More recently, and you haven't, I don't think you saw this one yet, Eddie, Million Dollar Arm. I did not see that. It's, it's kind of a fun movie. John Hamm, for those of you who know Mad Men, and he was in uh, The Town with Ben Affleck. He played the FBI guy. Anyway, John Hamm is uh, an agent who's trying to find a way to basically make some money, and he gets the idea to find a, a kid and get him trained, a kid who can kind of throw at least 80 miles an hour, and then they can maybe bump him up and maybe make him a decent prospect. And he goes to India does tryouts and brings a couple of kids over here and is tosses them in the lap, basically the USC, the, the Southern Cal coach, who's played by the late Bill Paxton. And I may be incorrect, but I think that's probably Bill Paxton's last film role, playing the coach, who's trying to get him turned around. He needs to do it in like six or eight weeks, and I think Paxton tells him it's going to take about a year. So make that happen. Two more quick ones. Shout out to the ladies since we talked about the Me Too movement, A League of Their Own, another Tom Hanks vehicle, but more importantly, Gina Davis, Madonna, and a host of other women, Penny Marshall, I think, did Penny, no, I think her brother, I don't know if Penny Marshall or her brother directed that one. I'm going to look back off on my memory there. What which one are you talking about? League of Their Own, about the women who played baseball in, during the war because the, a lot of the guys were often in the service. I'm pretty sure that it's, Penny, but let me... Yeah, uh, I think yes. it is. I thought it was Penny. I am like, the Wayback Machine is telling me Penny. That, that's, that's a... Uh, but it's a, good, it's a good little film, and if Gina Davis, I think she has some athletic chops. And Tom Hanks, well, we've talked about Tom. Well, he's, he'll deserve his own show, but he keeps popping up all the time because he's in all that good stuff. Also, the Wayback Machine is telling me that... Bill Paxton's, well, actually, technically his last movie is something that's coming out in 2019. Oh, okay. But yeah. his last movie, when he was alive, he, he died in uh, he just died February last... of 2017. Oh, he know. was in The Circle. Oh, the, we the, saw that. Yeah, that was that show, the, the we movie saw with that Tom one. Hanks and uh, Emma yep. Watson. Yep. Um, he was in that um, Wayback Machine. Yep. Couple others. I'm going to mention one other, uh, two others here. Mainly, these are old timers here. The Babe Ruth story. I mean, you can't talk about baseball without talking about Babe Ruth. Now, John Goodman did an updated one. I think they called the Babe, which was done in the '90s. Uh, it was okay. This is a classic because it's got William Bendix. The only thing is, William Bendix again, and he played another movie called Kill the Umpire, which is kind of another little funny movie if you want to take a side look. But William Bendix plays Babe Ruth, but he can't swing the bat 
a lick. But it's a it's a nice little movie. It's a little eh, it's a little Hollywoodish, but it's well worth a look. And the other one is I'm bringing this up because it's even a better movie. Than, it's a kind of a throwaway fun thing. It's got a good cast. It happens every spring, which was Ray Milland. Now Ray Milland is an old Academy Award winner for uh, Lost Weekend when he played the drunk back in uh, 1949 50. But it, Paul Douglas and Gene Peters. It happens every spring. He's a chemistry professor at a small college. He's working on an insect repellent, which it comes up, and a baseball comes flying through the window from the baseball team. It lands in this goo, and it turns out that he throws it back to the guys, and, and it repels the bat. The pitcher's throwing it. They can't hit it. He gets the idea. He ends up playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, taking them, turning them around. He's a, he becomes a miraculous pitcher. It's well worth watching. It's funny as heck. And Paul Douglas plays the manager, and Gene Peters, I, I'm not sure, I think she plays his girlfriend. The reason I'm mentioning Gene Peters, for those of you who may remember her, and if you don't, she's the wife, she was the wife from 1957 to 1971 for Howard Hughes, at the time, one of the richest men in the world. Another crossover, the film by Martin Scorsese, The Aviator, details Howard Hughes' life and he's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. He was a, he was a wacky guy. Wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was a germaphobe. And unfortunately, uh, he, he ended his, his life ended when he was basically out of sight for like 20 years. They didn't even know. And they had all these horror stories about how Larry's long, how, how long his hair was and so on. But yeah, he, he was uh, emotionally distressed. A brilliant guy uh, who, of course, the Spruce Goose, you know about the Spruce Goose? No. He built the wooden, yeah, wooden, uh, was going to be a wooden transport plane. It's in Long Beach Harbor right now. You can go and visit it. It flew once. He flew it, and it got off the ground of, or off the water because they had to do it on the water. It got off about I don't know, only a few feet. The only time it ever flew. It was huge. Of course, it weighed a ton because it was wood. But anyway, it's a story. There's a whole host of others uh, we could go into. There's some funny stuff. Some of it doesn't take too serious. Oh, one last thing, because this is a, he is, the movie 61, with which is the Roger Maris story. His year, the challenge of the year, he's challenging Babe Ruth's record, and he gets his 61 home runs, and the movie has an asterisk, because the record book had an asterisk when he broke the record. It's directed by uh, Billy Crystal. That was a personal project for him. He's a big Yankee fan. He wanted to do that story. And there's two good performances. Thomas Jane as Mickey Mantle is very good. And Barry Pepper plays uh, Maris. Yeah, there's a few others we can mention. Uh, I'll, I'll list them in the blog. Uh, some of the old ones are, are, are pretty good if you haven't revisited them. Some of them are hard to find. I don't know. I say the streaming, I know on Amazon you can find about anything. But some of these may not even be in DVD, some of the older ones. But what's the clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Well, Johnny, yep, it looks like it's that time again. Well, here we go. Yeah, time goes so fast. But before I, I turn it over to you, as always, we thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. We'd be grateful if you would leave a review, and if you haven't had a chance yet to subscribe, please do. We have a lot of great shows coming up. For example, with the 50th anniversary of the moon landing on the horizon, next week's show will be We're Talking the Moon Landing. Um, we have a show featuring... Uh, a movie pr a composer that will be coming up. And in a few weeks, we will honor the 40th anniversary of the original Muppet movie. We're talking Jim Henson. Please tell your family and friends. Anyone can listen for free on Apple Podcasts, 
New episodes will drop every Monday. Visit Johnny's blog on our website, we'retalkingmovies.com. There you will find additional commentary, show notes, and references that were mentioned in the show. So far, you have episodes one, two, and three blogged. Yeah, I'm right? working on it. It's like, a, it's like my homework assignments. Yeah. Folks, I've been derelict. Once you get caught up, it'll be easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This feels yeah. like I'm having a conversation with my daughter. <laughs> Both of them. Anyways, Don't grade me on this. Once you get caught up, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Easiest way to subscribe to our podcast is to visit our website, we'retalkingmovies.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page and clicking the Apple Podcast button. The podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Palouse, Podcast Pup, Podcast Blaster, CastBox, Acast, Digital Podcast, Pocket, Pocket Cast, whew, Player FM, Deezer, Podbean, Radio Public, Overcast, MoCast, Joe Ride, Downstream, Beyond Pod, Castro, which sounds weird, Podcruncher, and RSS Radio. You're not making these up, are you? No. I'm like I said up. last week, wouldn't it be easier to say who we aren't on as a list? Who we are on? Well, well, let me try it. The podcast is available on all podcast mediums except iHeartRadio. All right. That sums it up. Hopefully sooner or later. Does that work better for you? (laughs) It's clear for me. (laughs) If you have a show idea or just want to say, hi, Eddie, you are awesome, send a comment through our website, DM us on Instagram at WeTalkinMovies or tweet us at WeTalkinMovies. One last thing, we are officially on Facebook, so please visit our page and like us, please. The easiest way would be to go to Facebook and search for We're Talking Movies, or you can go to our website, scroll down the bottom, and click on the Facebook icon. That's it for me. Well, looks like that's all for today, folks. Until next time, keep your eyes on the silver screen, and as we fade to black, this is Johnny Popcorn and Eddie Klieg saying so long till we're talking again. (laughs) 